0: alright we're close to only a month left in the NBA season and we still got playoff seating all all over the place but um how about we start things off this week with the Los Angeles Lakers who out of nowhere are not that far away from reaching 500 so let's start things off with a little trivia question here on the second stringers NBA podcast thanks everybody for tuning in Uh, so here's a question for you Sean when was the last time the Lakers won over 30 games and who was the leading bench player in minutes that
1: year well Alan I guess I don't even remember the last year Lakers won over 30 games um, it can't have been that long ago though I mean Kobe Kobe retired just a few years ago yeah Um I'm gonna say it was uh, 2015 <laughs> man you know, I was pretty confident
0: you would get this right. That's why I made it like a two part uh-huh. question. But actually the last time the Lakers even got yeah, got close to thirty game, thirty wins was in two thousand twelve. When a guy by the name of Meta World Peace, Dwight Howard, and Kobe Bryant were still on the team. No way. Yep. And the leading bench player that year in minutes was Steve Blake.
1: Wait. They haven't won 30 games since 2012. That's right. Since the 2012-2013 season. That makes zero sense.
0: What Like, Kobe was a part of a lot of those teams. Yeah, I mean, 2012-2013 is when he blew his Achilles. Yeah. So he lost the following. He lost that entire following year. The year after that, he played halfway through. And then the year after that, uh what was it basically his last what became his last season holy so, crap man i know wow. time flies and especially when you're at, when you're playing like at garbage basketball there's nothing memorable so <laughs> <laughs> man that's insane i can't believe that yeah so you lose track of that so basically the lakers right now sitting at 31 wins um unless they lose to the warriors in a couple like 30 minutes or whatever when that game ends but nonetheless, they've made it over 30, 30 wins. So the question now is, is it possible that this Laker team makes it to 500? Ooh,
1: man. I, I actually think it is possible. So, I mean, the Warriors matchup, despite them not having Steph Curry tonight, is still a tough one. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they were down seven at the end of the third uh, as we're speaking on this podcast. So yeah. likelihood is they lose this game. Um, I mean, that that's uh, just every game counts at that point if you're trying to get to 500. So they'd really have to go on quite a streak or at least continue the streak that they're on to uh, Mm -hmm. get to 500. But it's not out of reach. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, 8 of 15 are against Western Conference teams fighting for seeding. So that's really tough. But the Lakers Mm -hmm. showed they can beat these teams. Like, uh, they beat the Nuggets last night. That was a big win. Right. Um, And they fight really hard, and they have nothing to lose at this point. So... I I'm not gonna say they can't do it. I'm gonna say it's not likely. Oh, but okay. it's yeah, it's it's possible.
0: It is possible. I think so too. So they're five games out of five hundred, and the Lakers. So this is what I I want to say about them, is they seem if they go after five hundred, it could be like the most inconsequent, or it could seem like one of the most inconsequential things they could do. Basically meaning, well, they'll go after 500. They won't have enough games in their schedule to go anything crazier, like, say, capture the last seat to go to the playoffs. So it might not matter. But when you actually look, you zoom out a little bit and you look at the bigger picture of the Western Conference. Actually, the Lakers going after 500 and capturing that mark might actually be extremely consequential to a lot of these Western Conference teams. Totally. As... Because you look at it, 8 out of 15 of their games left are against these Western Conference teams fighting for seating. You're looking at the Utah Jazz, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the Pelicans, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And everybody seems to be winning except when they run into the Los Angeles (laughs) Lakers. As you just saw, the Nuggets practically have not fallen all the way out of playoff picture thanks to to the Lakers beating them um, on the road. So... Hey, I mean the Los Angeles Lakers might all of a sudden become that—that uh, that sour, that sour might be that team that lives leaves a sour taste to a team uh, when they look back at the games that they lost heading into
1: the playoffs. Well, I mean, th- this is probably one of the scariest teams you can face right now. Like, <laughs> as mm-hmm. weird as that sounds, because. Yeah. They are one of the hottest teams in the league. I mean, ever since acquiring Isaiah Thomas, they've been on a tear. I, Isaiah Thomas has been averaging 16 and a half points, uh, 5.4 assists over 26 minutes. Um, not yeah. like the numbers that he averaged with the Celtics, but still very efficient numbers. Um, I mean, Julius Randle just been playing out of his mind. Yeah, man. That guy's yep.
0: crazy. Yeah, Julius Randle's all of
1: a sudden looking like one of the
0: best defensive players um, in the league in his position. And it seems like it'd be crazy if the Lakers let him just walk away from the team during the summer. And my thoughts are you got to bring this guy back. And here's the crazy thing, though, if they do. So right now, Julius Randle, I'd say is probably a 15 to 18 million dollar a year guy. Um, and the Lakers... Unfortunately, I already have money like that tied up to somebody by the name of Lewald Dang. (laughs) That's so bad. Yeah, so because of that, if the Lakers want to keep him, they got to really be willing to sacrifice that objective of maintaining the most cap space possible. I I just, as a Laker fan, I don't think I want to see Julius Randle walk away. I mean, ever since the All-Star break, we're looking at a guy who's averaging 20 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. The only other two guys to average more than that is Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, Ooh. so it's <laughs> it's crazy, man. He wow. is a heck of a player. I'm not saying he's Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, but
1: he is a good player. Yeah, no, he's the real deal. And mm-hmm. I mean, man, if they could just offload the Waldang's Dang's contract, like yeah. that would be the best case scenario. But yeah, since they have this, they do have the cap room to sign two max players, though do you just look at like re-signing Isaiah Thomas and Randall at this point as one of those like max contracts and, uh, and forgo trying to get the impossible dream of getting LeBron James and Paul George, like just keep this team together. That seems like they'd be a playoff team if they were there the entire season.
0: I, it's, it's difficult because you got things working um, that are not basically in line with each other. I mean basically the big the big burden here is Julius Randle restricted free agent but you gotta sign him to a certain day before he becomes unrestricted I forgot what the date is but it's pretty early on in July and then you got a guy like LeBron James who historically just waits until the very last minute to finally decide what team he's gonna be on um, he gives you no heads up on anything and the Paul George situation is another thing that you just don't know you don't know he if he's actually going to be there Sort a plan for something like that is it's difficult and if you let julius randall just walk i mean when are you going to find another guy like when are you going to how are you going to replace 20 points nine rebounds and four assists right. a 23 year old who as far as we know could have a large a, a higher ceiling right and
1: it's like as he gets closer to 25 and 26 27 and the lakers drafted this guy Knowing that, like, they'd want to keep him around, like, they they bank on him being, mm-hmm. like, the, this huge talent that's going to break out in the NBA, and you're watching this happen, like, right, right now. And it, you're just going to let him walk now that he's become this great NBA player? That just it's makes tough, no sense to me. Tough. Like, why did you draft the guy if you're not going to keep him around for, like, when he's actually going to give you the production that you were looking for when you drafted him?
0: Right, and you, you traded away your backup option basically larry nance jr away and right i don't see zoop Zubok hmm. becoming <laughs> the next big thing either so either you're gonna have to pursue you're gonna make up this pr- production through free agency so that means you let randall walk so that means you think you're pretty confident that paul george and lebron james is coming and if they don't how are you gonna make up that production without seemingly putting yourself into a, another big cap constraint by signing s- overpaying somebody f- through free agency and banking on the draft is just tough with that Cavs pick that late or, and yeah. then you're
1: going to have to wait, I guess until
0: the following summer
1: to draft somebody else. Right. Yeah. That's just, you, you can't do that anymore. Like you can't, there's no more draft picks for the Lakers. This is, this is it. Yeah. They got Lonzo, Kuzma, Josh Hart. There's no more need for young players. Like you either resign the guys that you've put investment in already, or you, you go out there and look for a star free agent. Like this is the time. Like this is when Lakers mm-hmm. fans need to get excited we're finally at the peak and this is this is where we need to like finally just get over the hump, sign that star free agent, re-sign our guys that we've invested in for a few years now that understand the system, that have been with Luke Walton and you know, just make yeah. that playoff run finally next year.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I want to see this team in the playoffs and honestly, I I don't see the LeBron James and Paul George thing happening. It just seems too a little too good to be true. Um, I mean, even if the craziest thing happened, maybe LeBron James is willing to come to L.A. I don't see both of them. It just, I don't think so. I think you're better off. Let's keep Isaiah Thomas one year. I'm sure he would take it and you re-sign Julius Randle and, and let's keep this guy long term. Um, and yeah. maybe he does become the, Dray- the next Draymond Green or a Draymond Green type guy. Who Ooh. is a core part of a of a
1: greater team? Yeah, that is an interesting comparison too, because like, uh, Luke Walton today came out saying that he thinks Julius Randle is the best one on one defender in the league. That's a do you bold. buy that? That I don't think so. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, go I haven't that paid far. attention. Uh, maybe he is. I haven't really been paying attention to his like one on one defense. I mean, it's good. He he does have the
0: advantage. Which is crazy because coming into the into this league, a lot of people rated him low because of his his short wingspan and he's also a little undersized for most traditional yeah, power yeah. forwards. But in this day and age, this modern NBA that that's been completely flipped and Julius Randle does have the advantage of being able to just be versatile on switches and chase guys around, even though the pick's been set. So he has that going for him. So I could see where he's coming from with it. I don't think he's still as good as uh, Draymond Green off the switch. I don't think he's as great as a wing defender as any other wing defender no, special no. out there. I think he's a great defender, but not the best one-on-one. No. One of the top for in his out of all power forwards. I do think Julius Randle, at least for in the last span of games since the All Star break, has shown signs that he has the potential to be a top five power forward defender in this league. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the thing. He defends power forwards really well. That's where, like, mm-hmm. Draymond and other guys have him. He's just—Randall's just not very quick, you know? Like, yeah. he can guard his own position really well because he's just—he's huge. He's a bully, man. Like, yeah, he's got muscles.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah, um, but let's see how this ends up going, and I'm so excited to see— <laughs> Whose dreams basically the Lakers crush in their pursuit of 500?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen this this Lakers Nuggets rivalry developing though? This new yeah, new rivalry coming around. Jamal Murray just stirring so. the pot a little bit. Isaiah Thomas poking some fun at him last night, just throwing the ball to him as the seconds were waning <laughs> off the clock. Yeah, it's petty. It's petty it's for petty, sure. It's funny. But it's funny because it's so petty. It is, but like, man, if, if these two met in the playoffs, they would kill each other probably.
0: Yeah. If, I If mean, that were I don't, possible. Yeah, that's the thing. If it's possible, <laughs> I mean, are the Denver Nuggets going to be out of the playoffs? Are they the ones not to make it? And are they going to look back and, and be like, oh, shit, that's where it all started, <laughs> that Laker right, game. Right, yeah,
1: that just totally took their morale out. But, I mean, hey, let's, <laughs> let's look at the rest of this Western Conference. You, ha- you have three mm-hmm. games separating seeds, four through ten still. Um, that's actually, the gap's actually lessened since last week by a game. And um, mm-hmm. everyone outside of the Nuggets, uh, because of that loss to the Lakers, are on a winning streak. So it's just hard, man. No one's really gaining ground on any of the other people. And everyone's just kind of standing their ground. But if one team just slips up for a few games, that's just disaster. You're right, exactly. And that's why I think the Lakers
0: are going to become this interesting team in that they're hot right now. Uh, they're not, They're pursuing this goal of reaching 500. And it could very well be that it seems like none of these Western Conference teams are losing games. And uh, maybe until they face somebody that's hot like the Lakers, because the way the league is set up right now is you got so many teams just <laughs> pursuing the tank, yeah. but and then you got the Houston Rockets and the Warriors. Um, just chilling. You got, yeah, you got the Celtics. You got a bunch of injuries on their side. You got uh, the Rap- Raptors also just crushing it, and then everybody else is just playing for survival right now, um, yeah. trying to figure out their seating. So, and
1: it seems like they just can't lose. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, man. Like you just you look at the jazz, for instance, who who uh, at one point had won eighteen out of their last twenty games. and mm-hmm. they didn't move a single seed in that <laughs> entire span. They stayed in the tenth seed that entire time. and they've only recently moved up because the Spurs went on that little losing streak uh, the mm-hmm. beginning of this week. And now they're actually in that that eighth playoff spot, but it's like you can just do that—you can win that much and still just means nothing because everyone's just playing out of their minds right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy, and I mean the Utah Jazz are are in a good spot. Um, closing out the month, they got five games against tankathon participants, oh, wow. including them. you know, looking at the Chicago Bulls, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. So Utah's winning streak could continue to extend possibly until the end of this month. Man. They got a tough April ahead of them, but March is looking pretty easy for them. If they can uh, clinch out these wins, maybe they can get themselves a little buffer between them and everybody else. I guess. Yeah.
1: The Spurs and the Clippers, the teams they're fighting against the most mm-hmm. uh, on the, on the other side of that, the Clippers have a really tough schedule in March we've yeah. <laughs> we, we have had the uh, unfortunate circumstance of uh, having played a few less games than some of these teams so our March schedule uh, like I think we've mentioned before is pretty stacked as far as like volume of games and a few back to backs that are just pretty brutal um, yeah. so I th- on the converse side of that to the Utah uh, if the Clippers can make it out of March their April's looking really good
0: yeah they just gotta just get through it yeah um get a couple of those road wins and maybe one or two of those back-to-backs it'll be tough but they got to do it if they want to survive Yeah, it,
1: every game matters man It's freaking nuts yeah but uh moving on to the warriors i mean this is
0: funny so recently a couple of days ago it was steph curry's birthday and uh so they rented out a club here and uh San Francisco, and there were some Snapchats going around. The team just having a good time. Mike Brown dancing it out. Mike Steve Kerr, <laughs> Clay Thompson. Everybody looked like they were having a good time, oh and man. and I mean, everybody found out that they had practice scheduled the next day. Uh, people went out to check out the practice reporters or whatnot, and they got the word that practice was actually canceled. <laughs> uh,
1: why? Uh, I guess you can uh, you can ins- infer that <laughs> <laughs> reasoning there.
0: Yeah, and uh then they came back out and played the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um and apparently Klay Thompson now has a broken thumb from that game. He's out 2 weeks. Jeez. So it's looking like the Warriors may not be in position to go after that number 1 seed anymore. And whether or not it matters, I don't know. I guess it's up for debate. I I think it probably doesn't, and I don't really doesn't really seem to me like they care all that much, especially considering they had quite the birthday bash for <laughs> Steph
1: Curry <laughs> yeah I mean they, they definitely know how to have as much fun as they are good at basketball uh, yeah. but I mean the real like they don't care about the second seed first seed whatever the The real concern here is like how bad is Curry's ankle you know because he's, st- he's still out he's day to day is the report there but at the same time this is this ankle has been giving him problems uh, throughout the season uh, this didn't just mm-hmm. start with Zaza uh, forcing <laughs> forcing him to get hurt like before he uh fell on zaza's leg he also i think he injured in december or january yeah. of this year and it yeah he's just been a little tender there so i mean he's just he's going to be brittle when he does come back at this point having injured that ankle twice this year um yeah he's had ankle problems a history of ankle problems over the years so that's definitely something to watch because this team is super vulnerable without him from what we've seen right
0: yeah i mean guys are getting a little bit older um i want to say teams have figured them out but i don't want to quite say that i just think this team might just be a little bit um I'm not really sure what to call it. Really, not
1: vulnerable. They're,
0: yeah, it's they're um, they're confident. I think arrogant, maybe th- arrogant, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think they know these injuries are here, but I don't think it's worrying them all that much. I think once it comes playoff time, I think they'll be able to figure it out. I mean, you got a guy like Kevin Durant on your team still. Yeah, uh, Clay Thompson. I mean, he'll be back for the playoffs. You still got Draymond Green on your squad, Sean Livingston, and Andre Iguodala. I think you know for the I, most part, these guys these guys will
1: be just fine. I do you not. Know, I feel like they're missing the urgency. Just the urgency. The feel I get from them from watching them play, they're not in the same mentality that a lot of these Western Conference teams are in right now. And mm-hmm. and, and you could argue a Warriors fan will argue, oh, they don't need the urgency because they're just that good. Like they like they don't need to have the same mentality as all these teams, but. I don't know if I buy that when you when you don't have the same killer instinct, like the same Dame time mentality that has got the blazers mm-hmm. just rolling right now. And like we're yeah. almost to the playoffs, you know like it's not just like a flip it on immediately thing. like the, these teams are gearing up right now and they're they're ready. Right. like they're they're on their way. And I don't know. I just feel like the Warriors are just being a little laxadaisical kind of feel like that no one can really stand in their way. I mean, even you even look at the Rockets, they play with the urgency of wanting to win a title and they're, they're number one seed right now. And the Warriors just don't seem to really care. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a little, uh, it's a little interesting. I think it's going to be a little harder than they think it will be. Yeah. I mean, once they
0: get to the playoffs, depending on who they match up with, I mean, if they find themselves being matched up against somebody like the Utah jazz, I think that's definitely going to be a wake up call for them. Uh, you like, really? I, I think the
1: Jazz? It, I don't think the Jazz would be the team to do that. It would have Are to you, be like I'm, the Spurs or like. Oh, I'm thinking OKC. it's going to be. I think.
0: I think the. I don't think they'll get matched up with OKC in the first round. I think they're the seventh gonna wait for them, That's going to happen. Think,
1: I think OKC is definitely possible to get the seventh seed. You, it's
0: possible, but at, at, right now, it, to me, it looks like the Utah Jazz of the Clippers are gonna end up being down there. Oh man, if we play the Clippers, dude.
1: If we play if they play Clippers, let's go, man. Like, yeah, (laughs) it'll
0: be interesting.
1: But I can't I gotta keep
0: going back. I think the Utah Jazz are gonna do something interesting to the Warriors if they get matched up in the first round. I just don't think they have an answer for Rudy Gobert. Um and I think his defensive the defensive energy that Utah is playing with is gonna catch them by surprise and it's gonna wake them up for sure. Utah's, I, I, uh,
1: I just their playoff inexperience is gonna come back to bite them. Donovan Mitchell's a rookie. Possibly. He's a great rookie, but he's never been in playoff basketball before. That's what makes it interesting. That's
0: yeah. what makes it interesting. Ricky we'll Rubio see how he too. Plays. Ricky
1: Rubio's been on the Timberwolves this whole time, not making the playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah. We'll we'll have to see if they make it. I, I mean. I'm still banking on them not making it, <laughs> but really? Oh, I think I think it's not even a question um, anymore. That, how is it not Utah a question? Team. I
0: mean, this the the month they got left is gonna be so easy, and I think that well, doesn't okay. The rest of the West is winning too, though. You know. Yeah, it's hard to. Yeah, okay, I'll take back with no with no question they're gonna make <laughs> it, but. What no, I cool do want to say is, I feel confident that they're going to be one of the teams that comes out with the playoff mm. seeding. I think it's going to be the Nuggets looking out and possibly the Spurs or Man. the Clippers. That's what I'm thinking. Uh,
1: the Clippers have been playing well. They have been. They uh, have been. But, but Utah's they, just their been schedule so is Utah is so consistent. Yeah. They, yeah. Utah and, and their, their schedule is really well. easy. Yeah. And then, yeah, who knows? Like Kawhi coming back might make a difference for the Spurs. Then they could knock off the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really do think the Nuggets have the least chance of making the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Like, as well I'll as they've played there. this whole season, I just, yeah, I just don't think they're going to be able to close it out.
0: Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see who they and they do end up getting matched up against. Um, And hopefully, that's probably going to, it's going to be interesting. It might not be a
1: clean first round sweep from the Warriors. Oh, I don't think they're going to sweep anybody this year. The way that they've been playing, mm-hmm. they're going to take a game or two off because that's just their attitude this year. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, th- every team will at least win one game against them that they play in the mm-hmm. playoffs.
0: Yeah. Got to agree there. And all leading up to a very, what well, will be probably a very um, interesting and exciting Western Conference finals against the Houston nah. Rockets. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's all just going to result in them playing the Rockets. That's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. But let's go to the Spurs, man. Like Kawhi Leonard supposedly has hinted at a possible return, but has been ruled off for Thursday against the Pelicans. I mean, every game from moving forward from here for the Spurs matters. And yeah. if Kawhi Leonard can be that difference maker, they need to get him on the floor as
1: ASAP. So... What are your reactions to this? Surprise, I, no surprise? I'm not surprised. I was surprised to hear he might play Thursday. Like, that the mm-hmm. initial report coming out, I was like, really? Like, that just came out of nowhere. Uh, I'm, I'm not as surprised to hear that it won't happen until possibly next week when the Spurs have home games yeah. uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But, I mean, the playing against the pelicans thursday that's a huge game yeah and he's not and he's not gonna be there for it i mean anthony davis is just running train on the league right now so that's a big matchup there huge playoff implications of course and yeah i just i don't know if the spurs team can fight against these other western conference playoff teams They've, they've fought hard all year but like you can only fight for so long you know yeah,
0: it's an important game for the San Antonio Spurs, like you mentioned, for playoff implications. And every game matters for these guys. Out of everybody, they look th- the most vulnerable to also be looking out of the playoff picture because of the injuries that they've had to Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, all most of the season. Right. And they need him back ASAP.
1: Yeah, I think I saw a stat that said, like, the San Antonio Spurs have only had one... Game this year where they've had all of their guys healthy for uh for one game or like not even healthy like because Kawhi Leonard was never really healthy but like all yeah. like available to play. Yeah, what do we? That was back what in December? Right. Yeah, he played yeah. like eight games.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe he comes back uh next week, but he's got to come. He's got to do something. Maybe you just kind of. Maybe if you're the here's a crazy thing. What if you're the Spurs and you just. You just throw it all away. You just throw the towel
1: on. You just join
0: the tank you know a You just what? lose every single game <laughs> moving forward
1: and get another high draft pick. And then pick. you maybe are worse than the Lakers at the end of the season. What what kind of high draft pick are you going to get? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's a chance <laughs> you
0: just, You could just sneak your way into the lottery in there and then you just well, bank on that one. You'll be in the one, lottery if you don't make the playoffs. 1%. Yeah, if you're
1: 42 and 40. But yeah yeah you have that 1% chance yeah. to get a pick. Nah, it's not worth it.
0: That's <laughs> a crazy that's a crazy take that I'm saying, but I have wondered maybe that is something the Spurs it's not that crazy of a that's thought for them.
1: Nah, it's, that's crazy, dude. You're crazy. I crazy schemes. No, nope, I I heard <laughs> your idea, you know. I I let you say it and I'm going <laughs> to have to reject it. I don't know, man. What if what if they do end up with that? That would be Why huge. Would that, that would be huge. That wouldn't even help them.
0: <laughs> Possible. I mean, you think you gotta replace Marcus Aldridge and They go the from, ha- they go from Gasol. having
1: the if they miss the playoffs, like just trying to play, they have the fifteenth pick. If they try to tank, mm. they have the thirteenth pick. I
0: don't What's know. What's the difference?
1: What
0: that's true. <laughs> There's no difference. Anyways, <laughs> moving forward, there though. The Clippers did lose their one asset that they traded for, and did he ever even really play for them? Uh. The Avery Bradley out for the season to repair his abductor and uh, rectus abdominis
1: muscle. Yep. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, yeah that sounded right. And you, you know, when you say when you hear rectus, you you think it's more of like a butt injury, but I yeah. think it's literally just his abs. It was like lower oh. abs and like his groin area. For some... I don't know. He's, he got... <laughs> the whole area is just messed up. But yeah he, yeah, he played like three, four games for the Clippers, I want to say. That I can remember. Yeah. And yeah, this, this sucks for him, honestly. Because this is going to be a six to eight week recovery time. That means the Clippers would have to at least win one or two rounds of playoffs for <laughs> him to even come back this year. Probably yeah. not going to happen. And... I mean, he's a uh, unrestricted free agent this year, too, which is huge for him. Like, this, you're mm-hmm. sputtering out in your contract year. <sighs> like, who's going to sign him to a big deal now? Like, right. Takes away and after, a lot. Yeah. And after having that great year with the
0: Celtics, kind of probably wish he would have had that year this year, traded yeah, both those years, flip flopped. Isaiah
1: Thomas would say the same thing. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. It, looking at the the Celtics uh, brothers that were traded uh, every Bradley Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder all three of them just have not been having the years that are I- year they are anywhere remotely close to what they had in in Boston sucks for them but i guess <laughs> yeah. it speaks a lot to maybe Brad, Brad Stevens. Stevens and the Celtics organization yep. oh, or completely. maybe it's just
1: a little bit of bad luck not sure that's l- i mean getting injured it's like not i mean you can maybe the Celtics medical staff is a lot better it's definitely a lot better than the clippers medical staff that's (laughs) that's not a question so (laughs) (laughs) yeah well how about russell westbrook fourth ever to reach
0: 100 career triple doubles um after his triple double against the hawks on tuesday he joins oscar robertson magic johnson and jason kidd in an elite class of players with over 100 career triple doubles Mm -hmm. congrats to that guy but not surprising that he got it i mean he's when you average an entire season of triple doubles, (laughs) like you were close
1: to that. Yeah. And he's, I mean, if he is able to up his rebound game quite a bit in these last, uh, whatever, how many, like 15 to 17 games left or so he could do it again under, under the radar, (laughs) completely under the radar. If he averages like 11 and a half rebounds a game alongside getting like nine assists and 20 points, like he's got it. Wow! Like, yeah, no one even noticed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, I think the question now is, uh, how many more does he get? Does he pass Oscar Robinson or Robinson for a hundred with hundred and eighty-one?
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Russell Westbrook is twenty-nine years old right now. Yeah. LeBron James is thirty-three, still playing mm-hmm. pretty damn well. Uh, what do you got? Pau Gasol is like thirty-six. <laughs> Maybe thirty-seven. He's still starting. 37, he's still starting with the San Antonio Spurs right now, Yeah. averaging, what, 9, he's averaging like 8 rebounds, 16 points. Mm -hmm. Man, if Russell Westbrook stays in this league and continues to play, no major injury, I think he can get that 181. Yeah. Probably, at least by the time he's 33
1: years old. Yeah, I think so. So, like, he, he might even pass Jason Kidd, who has 107 career, this year. He'd only yeah. need he only need eight more, and then if he just averages twenty a year for the next four years, well, he probably maybe he will fall off a little bit, but at least twenty for the next few years. Like he's already super close to Oscar Robertson.
0: Right, I mean, even then, maybe he sticks around for a while, and we'll see a thirty-six-year-old Russell Westbrook just <laughs> getting triple like doubles <laughs> Yeah, getting triple. 10, he's just chipping away at Oscar Robertson's yeah. numbers. <laughs> Like, even if he doesn't, yeah, if he doesn't do the 20 for the next four years, he probably just gets yeah. there just by playing until
1: he's, like, 37. Dude, I think he can do it, man. I'm going to put money. I, I could put money on that. Yeah, why not? I, I'd be willing I, to do I it. I think he has over a 50% chance of doing it. Like, 52% chance. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I, I think so. He's He's right there. But, um. We'll see but anyways I guess the question would be how many more Tankathon teams is he still left la- left to play against <laughs> cuz he him. might be able to get one from every single one. He can play the Hawks but, every night. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but the Atlanta Hawks still continuing to lose but they have not come close to even the Memphis Grizzlies who have now <laughs> lost 18
1: games in a row. That is so impressive, but the Hawks are bringing in a, a new secret weapon I hear. Yeah, their secret (laughs) weapon.
0: Um, So this actually flew down under the radar a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, they signed an NCAA Division II basketball player, Jalen Morris, uh, to a 10-day contract. He made his NBA debut. Pretty impressive to see a former Division II college player um, hit the NBA core. And you could be like, kudos to him. And I don't want to take anything away from him. But at the same time, this is a great tanking 101 strategy. (laughs) I mean, you can't rest players? Well, how about you just sign terrible new players? (laughs) Or maybe not that good uh, new players. You bring them from the G League and you constantly just keep disrupting the team chemistry. Don't let that build. (laughs) Just keep disrupting it by bringing in guys like Jalen Morris and other
1: people. Keep switching up that starting lineup. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, unfortunately for Jalen Morris, he will—he is out now after being injured on the third Aww, day of his second 10-day no. contract. <laughs> but we'll probably see more Jalen Morris uh, as the season closes out as the Hawks still look to lose a couple more games to get into that bottom spot.
1: I feel like um, the Hawks are a little late to the party, though. Memphis has been signing these random no-name guys since, like, last month. True. have you seen their starting lineup I mean, we, we talked about this already but last like, week it's yeah. it's I recognize three players on that team <laughs> is Saul, Chandler Parsons and Ben McAmore are like the only guys I, I swear is the only guys I recognize on this team yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're just bringing—they're bringing dudes just off the bus, like fresh off the bus. It seems. <laughs> hey, man, throw this Memphis Grizzlies shirt on and play
1: for yeah. us. Want to want to play in the NBA?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll highlight some of those guys in our West and our some of our worst performances <laughs> of the week. This, but before we get to that, let's let's talk about some of the dudes who actually kicked ass this week. How about Anthony Davis? Twenty-five points, eleven rebounds, three assists, three steals, and ten blocks. Against the Utah Jazz, this was it's absolutely crushing. It this
1: was actually his first career triple double. Wow, I didn't know that. With ten blocks, with ten blocks, Dude, that, he does it.
0: That's a hell of a <laughs> stat line. That's hell insane. of a stat line, man. I was wa- I was watching that game, and Anthony Davis just same same thing when when I was watching the Clipper game. Just the team opposing team goes on a run, then Anthony Davis comes back off the bench, yep, um, and just kind of completely disrupts. Everything that the other team does, but and but then on the other end, obviously the Jazz had Donovan Mitchell who got hot and uh, put the Pelicans away with the win
1: there. Right? Yeah, he will overcome those Pellies but yeah, Anthony Davis just has to stay healthy for this team to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) it's so apparent how much he means to this team, and yeah, just the way that he just even he goes on the bench and they just start losing after a few minutes. So, yeah. But yeah, 10 blocks. That's so (laughs)
0: stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's impressive. But how about my man, Julius (laughs) Randle, 14 for 18 from the field to go with 36 points, 14 rebounds and seven assists and a big win on national TV against LeBron James and the Cavaliers. He got he got motivated. He wanted to really, really show a strong performance to Larry Nance. He didn't want (laughs) to get uh, bullied in the paint by
1: that, by his former teammate. Right. That was a monstrous game for him. I mean, we, we spoke nothing but praise about him for like 10 minutes earlier today in this podcast. Yeah. And like the, the, the performances like this has got us so hyped up about him. Like, this has been the norm for him lately. Like, not not this stat line exactly, but like the fact that he's just capable of doing this on any given night and that he just plays yeah. with this intensity... This will to win, this like physicality, like recklessness, almost like just not yeah. afraid, not afraid to get in there and just do what needs to be done. Like he's just yeah. so tough.
0: Yeah, it seems really silly. Uh, towards the beginning of the year, there was a lot of debate over Twitter and uh, Laker beat writers over like who was better, Julius Randle or Larry Nance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, Larry me Nance wrong, is still so Nance, playing well. Yeah, he's a good player and um he's probably getting the most value he's providing his team with the most value for what he's getting paid. I think no question out of most people in this league. He's got he's getting paid 1.7 million this year and he's kicking ass for the Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Julius Randall Goulos, Rando, uh, Yeah, Randall though, he's proving that he wants to be a 15 eight, 15 to 18 million dollar a year guy with these numbers.
1: Uh, let me ask you some, uh, some questions here. Like just to try to see like where Julius Randall's value lies. So okay. would you rather have Julius Randall or Paul Millsap? Julius Randall. No question. R- no question,
0: no question, man. 23 putting up <laughs> numbers like this. Like, like I just said, he's so versatile just off the, off the switch. He can defend, he can defend wing, he can't defend wing wing players not as well as he can inside no, the yeah. paint, but he can do it pretty good and I think he can he's only going to get better in, from that aspect of his game. And he takes a
1: lot of pride in his defense. Yeah. Um you can tell when he's playing. Yeah, true. Okay. Would you rather have Julius Randle or Blake Griffin? Julius Randle. Whoa. I'm not a fan of Blake Griffin. <laughs> he didn't
0: game. even hesitate. No, I <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the
1: Blake Griffin of today anymore. Holy cow. You'd rather have I Randall, though. He, he doesn't really have an outside game. Blake Griffin does. I think Randall just plays his
0: role so much better. Uh, Blake Griffin is... he He's a scorer. He's, they're just two different players first. I think Blake Griffin is more of a scorer. He does have a better outside game. Uh, but... I I just like Julius Randle's I just like Julius Randle's defensive game so much more than Blake Griffin's. Wow. I was I, <laughs> I
1: was shocked that you said that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean and then you gotta I mean I hate to put this on a guy, but you gotta take it into consideration is their durability. Sure. And Blake Griffin's a he's what, thirty years old now, approaching thirty, mm-hmm. and he has a history of injury issues at his young at a young age and he's only getting older got to think that that's not leaning in the right direction.
1: Yeah. I mean, and Julius Randle was a guy who had injury scares um, coming into the league too. And mm-hmm. that's honestly why he fell to the Lakers um, at the pick he did. He was considered a top three talent that year, right? Uh, but the injury concerns, um, they haven't really amounted to anything. He's been one of the most durable guys in the league. Yeah, he has been, he
0: did lose his rookie year, obviously, but that was just kind of like a freak accent. Yeah, type thing. that he was broke his tibia. Yeah,
1: that was such a freak thing. That was awful. Yeah, but ever since then,
0: he's been he's been good. Um, he, I mean, he definitely has some weaknesses. Like I do think he's a little out of control at times, on the offensive end. But I think this guy has a high ceiling. Not super. I'm not saying superstar status, mm-hmm. but I think he's a guy. He's just
1: gonna be one of those guys who plays his role really well. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna see if I can find the ceiling here. So. Would you go Randall or Lamarcus Aldridge? Current Lamarcus Aldridge. Cur- um, current
0: Lamarcus Aldridge. Man, I still gotta go Julius Randall, honestly. Oh, There's very wow. I, I gotta go. <laughs> At this point, I feel like there are very few power forwards out there that I would take. Yeah, who would you take? Over Randall. I mean, I'd still take Anthony Davis okay, over Randall. Okay. I'd probably still take Draymond Green over Randall. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that it? That's you it. think? See, off the top of my head, I'm still thinking. Aaron, Power I Force. I doubt
1: you'd take Aaron Gordon over him. Yeah, I'd take Randall yeah. over Aaron Gordon.
0: Okay. I see. Who Who else we got out there that could possibly?
1: Uh, do you, is uh. I mean, Jason Tatum? Porzingis. Porzi- okay, Porzingis is like. I take Porzingis. He's kind of a center, but okay, yeah, I yeah. I
0: take Porzingis.
1: Jason, Jason Tatum, Tatum, might take Randall. Really?
0: That's a, I mean, that's the kind of an unfair comparison. Jason it Tatum's is. a couple years behind. Where I'm not really sure how good he's gonna be in the NBA. He's good, but I'm not sure how good. Yeah.
1: Um. Uh, uh. So you're we're really putting Julius Randall, as honestly as like a top five power forward in the league right now. I mean, if you if you
0: if you're looking at the sample size after the All Star break, I don't think that's cur- that's a crazy thought honestly yeah we're looking at a guy who scored 20 over 25 points a couple times since that all-star break yeah I mean if it's all trending towards a good direction for next year hell I mean (laughs) that that's not a crazy thing to say that Julius Randle might be a top five power forward next year and that's
1: all the more reason that the Lakers should definitely re-sign him because what other top five person at your position are you going to get for 15 million a year is probably what he's going to ask like uh, like as a minimum, like I don't think he'll ask for the max. I don't think he thinks he's worth that much, even. But yeah, like if you can get a top five power forward for fifteen million a year, lock him down for three or four years, as a twenty three year old, that's a no brainer.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing: like if you let Julius Randle walk, you don't get Paul George, and you don't get LeBron James. You know who your option is on the free agency market? <laughs> Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. That's, and Aaron Gordon is going to ask for eight, 15 to 18, right. possibly even the max.
1: The hell, yeah, him and Randall are probably going to ask for about the same. I would yeah. Guess. yeah, that 15 to 18 million.
0: Yeah, I think that's what they're worth. Um, I mean, it's very well. I mean, that's the thing that they're worth, but the NBA landscape market can sometimes be ridiculous. And I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Gordon ends up. Uh, getting the max deal from oh. the Magic.
1: Oh man, they would be mediocre for the next however many years that contract lasts for.
0: Yeah, it'll be tough. Unless, heck, anything's possible. I guess you lock a you lock a twenty three year old up until he's twenty seven. I mean, there's some crazy things that could happen once they hit that twenty five year year mark. Yeah,
1: maybe, and he's just so underwhelming. Yeah, I just I just don't. You don't really see him with any highlight plays, I guess, is like where I'm coming from. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see much from him. Uh, he never really makes our best performances of the week, so his stat lines clearly aren't like anything boisterous. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. He, he's a decent player. Just, if you pay him the max, you're just you're limiting the rest of your team so much. He needs to yeah, be like a I third mean, option guy.
0: The Magic just have some uh, roster problems. They got to Resolve, I mean, there's a couple guys who have gotten even better since they've left that organization.
1: Victor uh, Alfred Payton. <laughs> Alfred, the jury's still out on him. I think he just had a few good games. I mean, and you forget that Tobias Harris was Tobias actually Harris? Yeah. a magic guy.
0: Man. And ever since that Dwight Howard trade, they just have not been able to do well with the assets that they've been giving. I mean Busevic is a good player. He looks good, but it just has not resulted in wins for that team. No. Yeah, they're they're dumpster. <laughs> Anyways, moving on, let's let's go to Mr. Terry and Prince. Who is this guy? What his what was his performance like, oh, Sean? Oh,
1: yeah. So, I mean, Terry and Prince, hey, I mean, it's at least someone's still playing uh for the Atlanta Hawks these days. <laughs> uh, at least trying to. Uh he put up yeah. a, a nice 11 for 18 shooting with a 7 of 13 of that coming from three-pointer with uh, 38 points on the night with 6 rebounds, 7 assists and his team lost to the Bulls so all in all is a victory <laughs> for, for the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> for Toreen Prince
0: yeah. yeah, how about DeAndre Jordan going 11 for 12 for 29 points 18 rebounds and 5 assists in a win against the Chicago Bulls oh, yep, well. another,
1: another great offensive performance <laughs> against the Bulls that's that's pretty common these days yeah he, yeah, he was just an animal that game I watched a lot of that he this was the most energy I've seen DeAndre play with in a long time, and I was really yeah. happy to see that. And I hope I mean, he's, he's got nobody.
0: He's got nobody holding him back on that squad. Oh yeah. I mean, no. who do they have? Robin
1: Lopez. <laughs> I he plays for like the one quarter that they are forced to play him before they're allowed yeah, to tank exactly. again. <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they had think they had like Felicio guarding him. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's nothing.
0: Yeah. Um, but how about this name, D'Angelo Russell? Wow, this is a guy a name. who I had <laughs> high bets on was going to have a breakout year yeah. this year. It didn't happen. Um, granted, not because he didn't want it to, but just basically injuries held him back for 75% of the year thus so far. But he finally showed flashes of who I think he could be as like a great shooter, a great scorer. Um, he goes seven for eight in the first quarter Ooh. from three-pointer. From three-point land against the Raptors, catching fire That's crazy. and finishing with 24 points in that first quarter. Um, just impressive shooting from him against a great team like the Raptors as well. Yeah, Shows the guts that he's got inside of him. But he ends up finishing the game with 32 points and seven rebounds. The Nets lose the game, but... I think this this is a great performance for him. I think there's still a lot more to see from this guy. Uh, maybe not this year, but next year, as he has more time to recover from his knee surgery that he had. Yeah,
1: I mean, we forget like this this guy's still what 21, maybe. Yeah. Is he 21, 21. yet? Yeah. So, yeah, just look like Julius Randle took his full rookie contract to develop into the player he is. Yeah. Get, give D'Angelo Russell another year or two. And I he I still believe that he's gonna be a very good player in this league, potentially an all star. Mm-hmm. Just like the fact that he can score like this just on on a given night, it it shows his potential and it's still there. Yeah, yeah, and it's against
0: a good team. I mean, we're not talking about him walking out against the Chicago Bulls right. shooting like this. It's with the Toro- the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they're taking their game seriously as they gear up for the playoffs. So. It's impressive yeah honestly and yeah you're right it shows that he's got the talent now it's just a matter of him getting healthy and getting himself back in rhythm yeah, man. Uh, I, hopefully I, he's got a full year next year
1: i just want to see him and jeremy lynn play together next year man that's all i want to <laughs> see from this nets team just please lynn just stay healthy next year yeah well how about brandon jennings uh yeah.
0: straight from china <laughs> uh then to the g league found him in wisconsin and the and the Bucs decided to throw a jersey at him and say, hey, jersey up and come out here and play, <laughs> play against the Memphis Grizzlies. let go. In 24 minutes, 16 points, 8 rebounds, uh, 12 assists off the bench to help them win against the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. Brandon
1: Jennings, not too bad. Not too bad at all, man. For a guy that hadn't played any NBA since last season. I, bl- yeah. I believe he was on the Wizards. Um, He was, he was on their on their squad for their playoff run uh, that got cut short. But I don't know how this guy's been just under the radar. No one signed him the entire offseason. I don't understand it at all. This is very confusing to me.
0: Yeah, there is sort of an oversaturation in the NBA, I think, of uh, point guards, at least point guards who can score the ball. So it just happens that there's just too many guys kind of exactly like
1: Brandon Jennings. No, he doesn't just score. Like, he had 12 assists in this game. Yeah, he did. His first game back. And, like, look at a team like Memphis, Chicago. Mm. Like, they play, like, no names. No-name guys. Brandon Jennings is out there. He's waiting for you to play him, and this is what he can produce for you, and you don't pick him up.
0: Yeah, no, there is that. That's a fair argument. Like Brandon Jennings is a lot better than some of these guys. The Memphis Grizzlies and uh, the Atlanta Hawks have signed on to ten-day contracts. When you can get Brandon Jennings, no, that is that for is a pennies. fair argument, and I, I Brandon agree. Brandon Jennings
1: for pennies, man. This is insane. I don't know how this you know guy what lasted ar- this long.
0: Yeah, you know what? It'll be interesting to keep track of is how Brandon Jennings uh, fares. Let's see if he gets another ten-day contract, and maybe he makes it to the playoffs. But if he does make it to the playoffs on the Bucks, it'll be interesting to see how he performs compared to Derrick Rose, who oh. the
1: Timberwolves picked up. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like the Timberwolves could have picked up Brandon Jennings. You picked up mm-hmm. Derrick Rose. Like, this isn't 2008, guys. I don't... <laughs> or Whatever year he was I, so, good. <laughs> it was a long time man, ago. so you're... <laughs>
0: Are you you're pretty high on Brandon Jennings right now? Well, you think I just he's gonna I just
1: don't understand how a guy like this who has succeeded in the NBA before, mm-hmm. and then no one no one even gives him a shot. Like the yeah. Phoenix Suns are rolling with Tyler Ulis, little five foot whatever Tyler Ulis as their five point guard. Yeah, <laughs> and you have Brandon Jennings available. I don't understand it at all
0: yeah i mean that's that's what it comes down to the nba is just a league of needs and opportunities if you get the opportunity you perform if it never if you never get the opportunity then it's hard to prove your worth as a player especially also when you take into the aspect of role if the role is just not there then yeah and i think it was just a matter of that there's just so many point guards in the available that kind of almost do the same thing it is arguable though that there are (laughs) guys that have a roster spot don't do it as well as Brandon Jennings.
1: If I were the Clippers, I would instantly cut Austin Rivers for Brandon Jennings. (laughs) Wow. Yes. That's not... I don't know about that, man. You really think that's a surprising statement? You think that I... I'm not quick to agree with that, though. It's hard for me. Oh, dude. I mean, I don't (laughs) think Austin Rivers
0: is... Austin Rivers is a frustrating player. I'm not super confident that he's the the best starting point guard the Clippers can ha- can get. He's not even the best um, point guard on his team, and he starts. That's that's what I mean, yeah. But I'm not sure if Brandon Jennings is necessarily the upgrade there. He's definitely an
1: upgrade for sure.
0: I'd have to see a lot more from Brandon Jennings. This one game, good game, but I don't think it's enough to be conclusive on how on anything about Jennings. For all we know, maybe he was like. He's just excited, but he actually became a worse <laughs> player by playing in China all these couple months. <laughs> well, so far, it's not seeming like the case. Yeah. Well, let's go um, to what do we got here? The worst performers of this week. Yeah, here we go. We got full teams on this, on this list. You gotta go full team, man. <laughs> Especially when it's the tank. When it's tankathon season, the Pistons. Actually, the Pistons not are not even. Not even. Fine tank.
1: I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> trying to make the playoffs. Still, they could have fooled us though.
0: Yeah, they're actually trying to win. This is losing 110 to or yeah, 110 to 79 against the Utah Jazz. They were out of this game like basically from the second quarter.
1: Yeah, that's super embarrassing. Like. Yeah. We're talking about every game matters in the West It matters for the Pistons too Being quite a bit of ways out of the 8th seed They need pretty much a miracle To make the playoffs <laughs> at this point I don't know if they just decided This game like okay we give up We can't make it anymore <laughs> Like this maybe this was the game That they decided to throw in the towel But yeah you shoot 20% From 3 37.5 from the field Ugh man it's God pathetic. I, hey, it makes me happy as a Clipper fan because the more they lose, the better odds we get a good draft pick from them. <laughs> That's
0: true. That is true. But hey, I mean Stan Van Gundy. I think it's a it's actually serious time that you might have to fire him. Yeah. And how bad for Blake Griffin if that happens? <laughs> I mean you're you got traded to the Pistons you're there for four four <laughs> years Stan Van Gundy gets fired this summer all of a sudden you are in an or part of an organization that is dysfunctional mm-hmm. you it's got a bunch of guys it's got a bunch of money committed to all these uh, basically like okay players yep Um, but even that's not enough to get you to the playoffs in the in Eastern the East, Conference yeah. not even in the East yeah, you're looking at a Charlotte, another Charlotte Hornets type situation Oof. right now uh, developing itself
1: in Detroit. Yeah, that's pretty Tough bad. Tough place to be. Yeah, and it's like Andre Drummond, for like as good as his numbers can be, I don't think he has the same ability that DeAndre Jordan does. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this team just isn't as good. Like, they had the comparisons, sure. Like, you have two big guys like the Clippers had with a bunch of role players around them. But yeah. it's, they're just not, they're all just a little, they're grade below what the Clippers had.
0: Yeah, they just, I think it's just a matter of fit. I don't think Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond are the greatest fit. Maybe they can develop, or Andre Drummond, maybe they can develop into something better once you have a full summer heading to next year. Sure. But I think really the, the guy that kind of, they're probably looking at that they Probably regret bringing on is Reggie Jackson. Mm. He's getting paid a quite a bit amount of money in the eighteen million dollar range, and he's not producing what they thought he would. He's been injured, um, but even then, yeah. when he was healthy, His
1: injury, injury, yeah, plays into that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it goes back. Like <laughs> Reggie Jackson, I mean, averaging sixteen points. Brandon Jennings just scored that. I don't think that they're, <laughs> they're the same player. Brandon Jennings, but, <laughs> but uh, I mean. When you look at performance that Brandon Jennings just did on a 10-day contract and you look at what you're paying Reggie Jackson, you got to yeah. shake your head there a little bit.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, you see that in the NBA all the time. You get you got these guys that get paid a lot of money and they just get a little complacent maybe or they just they don't train as hard as they did when they were looking to get paid. And now they're just content with what they have. Yeah. Or it's just a matter of oh, you
0: you you made the mistake you projected too much your expectations were just a little too or just too high well, Yeah, Not little, uh, yeah you base
1: these contracts on trajectory of what you think a player mm-hmm. could be and that that's where you really you find a big downfall there
0: yeah but how about this the Spurs beating up the Magic even more just plowing them down further into the standing <laughs> just like they want uh, one. <laughs> yeah 108 to 72 so that's a bright spot for the San Antonio Spurs they got that w- that win this yeah. week Um Holding the Magic down to 34% shooting from the field and forcing...
1: I don't know if the Spurs forced them to do 20 yeah, turnovers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure some of those were unforced turnovers.
0: Yeah. The Orlando Magic are just a bad oh team. Man, exactly not how we thought lose. they were. <laughs> yeah, that's the... See, the Atlanta Hawks, Memphis, trying to lose. Orlando <laughs> Magic,
1: they're just a bad team. They're just... Yeah, they're, they have, they're playing all their guys. They haven't... Done any strategic resting or sneaky stuff like the Bulls have, or signing guys to 10-day contracts? Uh, they did. No. They did. The one thing they did do, though, was, was give away their starting point guard for uh, pretty much nothing. Oh, a second, <laughs> Alfred Brayton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. You gave
0: away a top 10 draft pick <laughs> for a second rounder in, in 2040. And 40. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call value right there. Yeah. So you did do that. I don't know how much that was really in pursuit of tanking. What or just a horrible uh, general manager move? But yeah, this I don't think they're trying to lose. They got Vucevic. They're still playing Mario Hinojosa. Ivan uh, Fournier is injured, but he's still starting for this team. Yeah, Jonathan Simmons. <laughs> Jonathan Simmons still playing yeah. over, still playing over thirty-five minutes a game, trying to win, win something for them. Yeah, man, this is just the dumpster. Yeah, but on the note of the Memphis Grizzlies, we have just found what could possibly be one of the worst plus or minuses I've ever seen this from is an NBA oh player. Oh gosh, Kobe Simmons. Kobe the Simmons. The new starting point card for the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> another one of those guys that got brought in for 10-day contracts. He basically recorded a minus 41 plus or minus oh. um, in a game. Oh. The Memphis key shot two for 12 in 36 minutes for 16% shooting to go alongside two turnovers and four points. He played 36
1: minutes 36 That's not minutes, the definition of tanking That is literally <laughs> The definition of tanking Like yeah. this could have been Brandon Jennings <laughs> This is a it prime, prime example this is, this is ridiculous yeah. They give this man a starting job In the NBA The best of the best Of all yep. basketball players This Kobe Simmons Kobe Simmons I'm I'm sure you're a nice guy Kobe Simmons but I think I think if I were to say I'm sorry that I don't think you're a starting point guard in the NBA I'd be lying to myself so I'm not (laughs) gonna apologize oh that's (laughs)
0: tough but yeah this
1: I'm gonna keep track of this
0: because I think this this is off just looks but I think this might have been the lowest Plus or minus, I have ever seen from an NBA player right here at negative
1: forty-one. That's Let's go two for twelve in uh, thirty-six minutes. Uh, that's a great find right there.
0: Yeah. All right. So, final thought to close this off. How about the Cleveland Cavaliers? Let's talk about. Yeah, we didn't them even really talk bit. about
1: them much today.
0: That, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The Cavs have been a constant theme, and we didn't even really have to talk about them today. You're right, but we got to close out a little bit. Just because J.R. Smith got benched against the Suns. And how did he find out? He found out through a text message uh, from his coach. Um, He basically was quoted as saying, we didn't talk. Uh, He just sent me a text and I replied, no problem. Uh, But obviously there is a problem there. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are just one of those teams that everything that they've been doing this year has not been by the books nor is it normal. They don't practice. They trade <laughs> half of their roster in the middle <laughs> of the season. <laughs> and somehow, they're still a top four team in the Eastern Conference. Um, if you just looked at the storylines that occurred with this team, you would think they'd be a tank right. participant. <laughs> but they're not. They just don't do things the normal way. They bench one of their starters and they remind him of that uh, via text message. So, Jr. Smith? Yep. Now, Sorry, but that's, that's <laughs> what happens when you're on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well,
1: now I have to ask, though, like how much of this has to do with the fact that he threw soup onto his coach?
0: <laughs> right. And <that's laughs> another one. so that's another storyline that this is just not normal. It's just not normal. I mean, maybe <laughs> things like that do happen in other teams, but it's not normal for it to become uh, I headlines, guess, a na- headlines, national headlines. But that's just what happens with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're just a
1: walking national headline. Right. It's like if you throw soup on your coach, like being benched is like the least amount of punishment you could get. Right? Like you got suspended for a game by his team and now he's playing on the bench, still playing as many minutes as Kyle Korver did as a starter. <laughs> so, yeah. tough potatoes, man.
0: Yeah. I don't under, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Maybe to him it is a big deal. I mean, there was word that he was really hurt when Dwayne Wade was started over him. Um, so maybe he thinks. But, yeah, he played the same amount of minutes, essentially. And I don't think it's a bad decision. No, And it probably think so. won't stay permanent either. Uh Tyron Lou is known for shifting lineups around throughout the <laughs> year. Because he's such JR a G- genius. Exactly. <laughs> Partly, I guess, yeah. But, anyways, J.R. Smith, man. And maybe it's only a matter of time before you're back on the starter job in Maybe you'll receive word on that through another text message, yeah. too. <laughs> Classic. All yeah. Right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Second Stringers NBA podcast. We'll be back next week and the week after that with more NBA news. Catches on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, uh, everywhere you get your podcast from.
1: Thanks everybody. Awesome, guys. Have a great week.